0: Amen. Well, I also welcome you to Big Valley Grace Community Church here in our online campus. And like Pastor Brandon encouraged us, uh, if you want to get your communion elements ready, we're going to end our time in the Word of God uh, and by singing together this weekend and enjoying communion. And so I'd encourage you to get some bread, which represents the body of Jesus Christ, and. And get a cup with some juice in it that represents the blood of Jesus Christ. And as believers, we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper as we end our gathering today. Well, I want to encourage you to take your Bible and turn to John chapter 17. That's the passage we're going to be in today is verses 20 through 26. And I'm really excited to walk through this passage together. Uh, really shows the heart of our Savior as we peer into a prayer that Jesus prays to the Father. And so turn to John chapter 17, verses 20 through 26. I want to I also uh, share again what Pastor Brandon shared about our REACH conference. Our REACH conference was really excellent. And I would encourage you to go online and see the resources that are available from the last two weekends at Big Valley Grace, but also what took place during the week with our men's ministry and our women's ministry, our student ministry, and then also our global reach roundtable discussion. Really excellent resources, and I encourage you to take advantage of those at bvg.org. So, in this passage, John chapter 17, verse 20 we're picking up a prayer that Jesus is praying. First, he's praying and talking to the Heavenly Father about his own person, and his own activity. And then he begins to pray for the disciples that he was working with. And then now we kind of pick up a third part of the prayer and it begins like this. Jesus says, I do not ask for these only... that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Oh, Righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. It's an incredible passage, really, as we are peeling back the curtain On the intimate prayer life, prayer relationship, prayer conversation that Jesus, the Son of God, is having with God the Father. And in this third section of this prayer, which is the only part of the prayer that we're going to look at together today. It's really focused on not the disciples that Jesus was presently ministering with. But we see in verse 20 he shifts and he says, I do not ask for these only. And the these only in that sentence are the disciples that Jesus was currently at that time ministering with. So I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So Jesus is saying, I am now praying and I'm praying on behalf of the next generation of followers of Jesus, the next generation of disciples. And I want you to see that if you are a follower of Jesus, if you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ and in Him alone for your salvation, I want you to see that in this verse, in verse 20 right here, that Jesus is saying, I do not ask for these only, but for those, meaning you who will believe in me through their word. If you're a follower of Jesus, you you became a follower of Jesus because a a disciple who made a disciple, who made a disciple, who made a disciple, who made a disciple, on and on and on, until it got to you. And some disciple shared the gospel with you. And I want you to see that in this moment right here, in this prayer, that Jesus is praying for you. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So, big picture idea as we study the scriptures today is that all believers in Jesus, all believers in Jesus, and that means the church, the church is people. All believers in Jesus, the church, should seek unity because of two prayers of Jesus. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna look at this passage and we're gonna break this passage into two big picture prayers that Jesus prays in the text. And the first prayer, prayer number one, and it kind of covers verses 21 through 23. I'm just calling this first prayer with two words here, in Jesus. Prayer number one is in Jesus. We see in verse 21, it says that they may be, they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us. Jesus is praying for us that we would be in him. So this prayer number one, I'm calling it in Jesus. He goes on in verse 22 and 23 to reiterate this theme. He says that they may be one even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one. It's the heart of Jesus that all believers, as he's looking into the future of generation of believer after generation of believer, that there would be incredible unity, that there would be oneness. And this first section of the prayer, it's all about being in Jesus. So as we look at this thought, this prayer in Jesus, in verses 21 through 23, there are three relationships that are displayed or revealed here in this text. This prayer in Jesus, it reveals these three relationships. And the first relationship, relationship number one, is that the Father is in Jesus. Uh, Jesus says in verse 21, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you. Just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you. In you, This relationship, number one, the Father is in Jesus. Jesus is in the Father. And it makes me really think about the Trinity, the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And there is great unity. There's great oneness. And Jesus is praying for the future generations of disciples. And he's saying, just as you, Father, are in me... And I and you," and in verse 22, he says, "Even as we are one." In verse 23, he says, "You, in me, do you hear the heart of Jesus, the Son of God? He is pointing to the relationship that He has with God, the Father, and he's saying, "That's the standard. That's the example. That's what I'm praying for. I'm praying for them, these disciples that are in the future, you." believer. He's praying that you would be in him, in Jesus, in the same way, just as you, Father, are in me. He's looking at his relationship with the heavenly Father, and he's saying, I want that for them. I want that for them, even as we are one. The unity that we experience, the closeness, the intimacy, I want that for them in verse 23, he says, you and me. You know, I had to stop this week and just consider Jesus in this moment just saying, you in me. And how joyful he must be saying that as Jesus is considering his relationship with the Father and he just says, you in me. And it put a big smile on my face to think, of how joyful Jesus is to have relationship with the Father and that that would be his prayer for us, that we would experience that kind of joy, that kind of intimacy, that kind of unity, that kind of oneness, just as the Father is in him and he's in the Father, even as they are one, the Father in the Son, and he's praying that kind of unity for us. Relationship number two goes right into that, and that is that the believer is in Jesus. The believer's in Jesus. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are in Jesus. This is what salvation is all about. And Jesus is looking to the future, the future disciples, and he's praying regarding Their unity, our unity with Him, which means we would have salvation in Him. He's saying that they also may be in us. In verse 21, in verse 23, He says, I in them. It is the prayer of Jesus, this first prayer in Jesus. It's His prayer that the future disciples, He's looking ahead to their salvation reality. And He's praying and He's saying, that they also may be in us, I in them. Believer, are you joyful in your salvation right now? Are you joyful? It is the joy of Jesus to have relationship with the Father. It is the joy of Jesus to pray that we as disciples would be in him, in Jesus. And so my question, believer, is, are you joyful in your salvation? There is joy in Jesus and there is joy in Jesus for today. And I would encourage you to lean into that place of joy with Jesus. Jesus in you. Now you may be with us this weekend and you may be saying, I don't know that I have a relationship with Jesus. I don't know that I've ever placed my faith in Jesus, I want you to know now would be the great time to do that. Now would be a perfect moment for you to place your faith in Jesus Christ and him alone. In fact, like Pastor Brandon said, we've got a team that is ready right now to actually talk to you about that. If you would like to talk with someone right now, to pray with someone right now about salvation, that you would place your faith in Jesus Christ. You wanna talk to someone about that? You'd like to pray with someone? I want you to know, you can do that right now. In fact, all you need to do is just text the number that's on the screen. Just text the number that's on the screen and you can right now enter into a one-on-one phone call or a video call with one of our team members and you can talk to them about what it means to enter into this kind of relationship that Jesus is praying about. It'd be the best thing that you ever did in your entire life would be that today would be the day you place your faith in Jesus Christ. Relationship number two is that the believer is in Jesus. is about salvation. Relationship number three is about the church, that the church is in Jesus. And this is about being a part of the body of Christ. He says in verse 21, that they may all be one, that they may all be one, be one. It is the heart of Jesus that all disciples, all followers of Jesus would be one. No one is left out in this prayer. And as Jesus prays about the future generations of disciples, his heart is is that they would all be one. He desires oneness for the church. He desires unity for the church. He desires that followers of Jesus Christ would all be one. He says it again in verse 22, that they may be one. And then in verse 23, he says that they may become perfectly one. The standard of unity in Jesus Christ is really high because Jesus is looking at the relationship that he has with his father. And again, he's saying, I want that type of relationship for the followers that I have. I want that type of relationship for those who have placed faith in me that they would experience that level of unity and oneness and togetherness and intimacy that they would be perfectly one. These three relationships that the fathers in Jesus, the believers in Jesus, the churches in Jesus, This prayer that Jesus prays, this first prayer in Jesus, it reveals these three relationships. But this prayer in Jesus, it's also, I think, as the text says here, it's it's in response to the Father's actions. Because there's clearly actions that this text says that God the Father has taken. Action number one is that the Father sent Jesus, We see in verse 21, it says, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Jesus is praying unity for the future generations of disciples. And he knows that in the unity of future generations of disciples, that in that unity, that it will be a testimony to the world. So that the world may believe that God the Father sent God the Son, Jesus He says again in verse 23, so that the world may know that you sent me. So that the world may believe and that the world may know that God the Father sent Jesus. And so in this prayer, Jesus is acknowledging the Father is the one who initiated it. The Father is the one who sent him. And he's praying for the unity of future generations of believers, that they would be in Jesus, in him, in relationship with with him, and that it would be a testimony to the world. This is exciting to think that you have opportunity right now in the way that you interact with the family of God to be an incredible testimony to the world that God the Father sent Jesus Christ to save you and to save every other person who might place their faith in Jesus Christ. Action number two is the Father glorified Jesus. We see in verse 22, Jesus says, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them. So the Father first gives glory to the Son, Jesus Christ, and then Jesus Christ, he gives glory to the disciples. Now, what's incredible about in this moment is that Jesus is saying that he's giving glory to those who are yet to believe. He already sees it as a done deal that he is giving the glory that God the Father gave him. He's giving it to future disciples who have not even yet to believe. And he already sees it as a fact. He sees it as something that is complete. And this is action number two that the Father glorified Jesus. And in this we see that the Father is the one who initiated. The Father is the one who initiated. He gave glory to Jesus that Jesus might give glory to his disciples. Action number three is that the Father loved Jesus and you. The Father loved Jesus and you. In verse 23 it says, and loved them even as you loved me. And loved them even as you loved me. You know, I had to stop at this phrase as I was thinking about this passage and just to consider how awesome it was for Jesus in his relationship, is in his relationship with the Father when he thinks about how much the Father loves him. Jesus understands how much the Father loves him. Jesus is loved by the Father. And Jesus wants that love to be experienced by you. And he says, and he's loved them even as you have loved me. Jesus has passed on the love of the Father to you. And we're gonna talk more about this in a moment, but I hope that that is encouraging to you, that you see that God the Father initiated love. He initiated love to God the Son and God the Son has passed on love to you. There are three actions that this prayer in Jesus responds to the Father's actions. Action number one is the Father sent Jesus. Action number two is the Father glorified Jesus. And action number three is the Father loved Jesus. So these three relationships and these three actions, that's all as I see as I look at this passage and I go this big picture phrase in Jesus. Jesus prays, he wants you and me as followers of Jesus to be in him, in Jesus. That's prayer number one. In Jesus. Prayer number two is simply with Jesus. Prayer number two is with Jesus. And we see this get unpacked in verses 24 through 26. In verse 24, Jesus says this He says, Father, I desire. We see, you know, what does Jesus want? What does Jesus want? He, said, he tells us right here, Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am. Not only is Jesus praying that we would be in Jesus, but now he is praying that we would be with Jesus. He wants to be with us. And this just shows the desire of relationship that Jesus wants to have with you, that Jesus wants to have with every one of his disciples. Now, as we think about this prayer with Jesus, I think there's four realities that get unpacked in these next three verses here. Four realities uh, that that are kind of explained in this passage. Reality number one is pretty incredible. You will see glory with Jesus. Think about that. You will see glory with Jesus. He says, to see my glory that you have given me. You know, there's, a, there's, there's moments in the scriptures where the, the curtain of uh, the kingdom of heaven is, is pulled back a little bit and we're able to see into these moments where the glory of God is revealed. You don't even have to read very far into your Bible to see moments like this. Just start on page one and see what happens when the the curtain of the kingdom of heaven is pulled back and God speaks and creation happens. Read what happens in chapter one of your Bible. As the glory of God, the creation power of God is put on display in the universe, setting stars in the sky, putting the moon, putting the earth, forming it, Separating land and water. The glory of God's on display. We we see the glory of God on display all throughout the Old Testament. One moment that kind of is sealed in my mind is when the glory of God is on display. As the children of Israel are in Exodus in the desert. And the glory of God descends on their camp. And there's smoke representing the glory of God. And there's fire representing the glory of God. I think about moments in the New Testament where Jesus takes a couple of the disciples up onto a mountain, and the, again, the, the, the curtain of heaven is peeled back, and they see the glory of God. And they see Jesus having conversations with saints from the past, and it's all happening right before. <laughs> Incredible. I think about in Acts, when, when Stephen he, he sees the glory of God and, and the curtain of heaven is peeled back for a moment. And he sees the glory of God moments before he goes to be with Jesus in heaven. Whereas you even go into the book of Revelation and you see what's described in the throne room of heaven. And you see the glory, you see the curtain of heaven is pulled back for a moment. And you see the glory of God. Incredible These glimpses that we have. You know, reality number one is to be with Jesus, is to see the glory of God. Now, I want to challenge you in this moment that this you, that we wouldn't see it as singular you, but like my brothers and sisters from the South would say, we'd see this as y'all. Y'all will see the glory of God. Y'all will see glory with Jesus because this is about all of the disciples together, all of the disciples, all believers, the church seeing the glory with Jesus. Because he's saying to see my glory that you have given me. He's talking about, remember, all believers who would believe in him. Reality number one is you will see the glory with Jesus. You will see glory with Jesus and we'll do that together as a church And that can happen in everyday moments in your life where you see the glory of God at work in another member of the body of Christ or they're seeing the glory of God at work in your life. It's an incredible thing to see God at work and God is at work. He's at work in your life and he's at work in every other believer's life and he wants you to see it. He wants you to see him working. And so Jesus is praying that we would be with him And that we would see his glory, to see my glory that you've given me. Reality number two is you will be loved with Jesus. In verse 24, Jesus says, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Think about that for a moment. Before creation of the entire universe, God the Father is loving God the Son. Say it again. Before the creation, any creation of the entire universe, God the Father is loving God the Son. And God the Son is reminiscing in his prayer, praying for you to be with him and he's saying you're going to be loved because you loved me before the foundation of the world and that the love with which you have loved me may be in them Jesus is reminiscing and he's remembering the you know all of creation and prior to creation the love that he has experienced with God the Father and he's wanting that love for you he's wanting that everlasting love. The scriptures say that God has loved us with an everlasting love and he's wanting that everlasting love for you. And that is reality number two, when you're with Jesus, is you will be loved with Jesus. You don't need to search anymore for the kind of love that will not fade, the kind of love that will last forever, the kind of love that will be true, the kind of love that will be consistent, the kind of love that will be faithful you don't need to look any further because it's the prayer of Jesus that while you are with him, that your reality would be you would be loved by Jesus. The kind of love that the Father has loved Jesus with before the foundation of the world. Reality number two is you will be loved with Jesus. Reality number three is you will be known with Jesus. In verse 25 he says, O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you and these know That you have sent me. Jesus is praying for the future generation of believers, and he's praying. Remember, this big picture prayer, prayer number two, is with Jesus. He's praying that you would be with him, and that your reality would be that you would be known. You are not invisible, you are not a nobody, you are not insignificant, you are not a mistake, you are not an accident, you are known and you are known by Jesus. And he knows you. He knows your name. He knows your day. He knows your week. He knows your year. He knows your relationships. He knows the things you're thinking about. He knows the things that you're worried about. He knows the places of anxiety that you have. He knows the dreams that you have. He knows everything about you. He knows you, and when you're with Jesus, you're with someone who knows you. And the prayer of Jesus is that you would be with him. O righteous father, even though the world does not know you, I know you. And these know that you have sent me, that you would know God the son. And through God the son, you would know God the father. Reality number three is you will be known with Jesus. Reality number four is that you will be on mission with Jesus. You see these first three realities, you will see glory with Jesus, you will be loved with Jesus, you'll be known with Jesus. You might in this moment go, it's all about me, it's all about me, it's all about me, but it's not all about you. It's all about Jesus. And reality number four is that you will be on mission with Jesus. Listen to how Jesus in his prayer for you that you would be with him. Listen to how he prays. I may know to them your name, and I will continue to make it known. You are to be on mission with Jesus. And that is a reality of being with Jesus, is that you will be on mission with him. You know, at Big Valley Grace Community Church, our vision is to see residents of earth transformed by the grace of God into citizens of heaven. And God wants to use you. A disciple of Jesus, a citizen of heaven who is with Jesus. He wants to use you to reach people for Jesus Christ, to reach residents of earth for Jesus Christ, that more residents of earth might be transformed by the grace of God into citizens of heaven. And God has a plan for you and he wants to use you. I hope you see the heart of Jesus as we look at this prayer together this weekend. His prayer that you would be in Jesus, you would be in him. His prayer that you would be with Jesus, you would be with him. His heart for you to be in unity with him and for you to be in unity with every other believer. It's the heart of Jesus Christ, that together as the family of God, the church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ, that we would be one. And that leads us to this great moment where we're going to remember Jesus. We're going to remember his body. And I hope you have some bread or, or a cracker and... I wanna encourage you during this next song that you would hold this piece of bread and you'd remember the life of Jesus. Maybe you'd remember his prayer for you, that you would be in him and that you would be with him. You would remember the life that he lived, the perfect life that he lived. You'd remember that he gave his own body for you. He went to the cross for you and you'd remember his body and you'd enjoy uh, taking the bread and remembering the body of Jesus. And then I would encourage you uh, during this next song that you would do the same with the cup, that you would remember that that body, that perfect body of Jesus Christ was nailed to a cross and his blood was shed for you. And out of that perfect body came the perfect blood of Jesus Christ. And that perfect blood of Jesus Christ, it was the sacrifice that was acceptable to pay for your sin. Why would Jesus give his perfect body and his perfect blood for you? Why would he do that? Because it's his prayer for you that he would be in him. And it's his prayer for you that you would be with him. And this is how that was accomplished. You being in Jesus and you being with Jesus was accomplished. Through the body of Jesus that was given for you. And Jesus wants you to remember him. And as you take and you eat that bread that you would remember Jesus. And Jesus wants you to remember his blood that was shed for you, the perfect sacrifice that opened up a new covenant relationship between you and the Father God because he wanted you to be in him and to be with him. And over this next song may you enjoy holding those elements in your hand and remembering Jesus Christ. Father God, Lord, we come to you in this moment. We're so thankful for how you initiated action and you sent your son, Jesus Christ, the son of God who lived a perfect life represented in the bread and who shed his perfect blood represented in the cup that we might be able to have forgiveness of our sin as we place our faith in that sacrifice. And over this next song, Lord, may we be full of joy as we remember Jesus Christ in his body and in his blood. And I pray this in the name of Jesus, who is our Lord and our Savior in all God's family. sake.